0: Second Corinthians chapter five and this wouldn't teaching shouldn't be too long tonight I have an appointment back in master club so I got to get back there about eight o'clock but I felt led to go through a little bit of the Bible about ways to witness you know the Christian life has a lot of different aspects and sometimes we can think we're doing pretty good in the Christian life if we're doing good in one part of it. So many times we have blind sights in living the Christian life. Well, I'm doing pretty good with my, my personal holiness or my, my morality, but that's just one part of the Christian life. You can say, well, I'm doing good in my prayer life. I've taken another step with that. But then there are other aspects, there's giving, there's there's our attitudes, there's also our following the commandments to be a witness. And the truth is, if we have most of the Christian life down and our doctrine's right and our lifestyle is right, if we're not being a witness for the gospel personally, we're failing in one part of the Christian life. And it's so easy to look at our strengths and say, well, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job for the Lord. But you've got to look at all the things God's asked us to do. And I think the Lord really probably would want to speak to all of us about being a personal witness. It seems that um, we sort of have to be pumped up or propped up or motivated or talked into that when that ought to be just like any other part of our life, whether it's our Bible reading or our, or our church attendance. Uh, being a witness for the Lord ought, ought to be something that is not um, an option. It's a commandment in the Christian life. So, you know, as we are confessing our sins and want to be right with God and want to be like Jesus, we need to confess the one of not being the witness that we ought to be because God's left us here to be a witness and so the first thing in our ways to witness, as you're in Second Corinthians chapter five, first of all, I'd say we need to be witnessing just by commandment. I think sometimes we witness by feeling or by birth. I think sometimes that we do our witnessing in based upon how I feel like I, how like what I feel like I ought to do, or. If, if I'm interested today or if I'm burdened today or if the preacher preached a hard enough message to make me guilty today, that I ought to be a witness. But really we ought to be witnessing to other people by commandment because we're told to do it. We ought to have our emotion in it. We ought to have our heart in it. But when God says do it, then we should do it. And... So if we don't, then we're disobeying the Lord. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're trying to get, you know, we always try to find unique ways and different ways for us to be a witness And there. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. And there are many different ways to be a witness. There's not just one. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says in verse number 11, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest unto God. In your consciences. He said, verse 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us. In other words, not my love for people, but but the love of Christ. And that means He loves them, and, and if I love Him, then this is what I ought to do, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. What a, what a powerful phrase in the Bible should not live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we no man, know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... Now, that's not talking to people that are pastors or deacons or missionaries. If any man be in Christ... So if you're saved, you're in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature... Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So if you're in Christ, if you've been made a new creature in Jesus Christ, if you're saved, if you've been reconciled to God, you have a ministry. God has given it to you. It's not whether or not you've yielded to it or, or understand it or not. God has given to you the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? He tells you, verse 19, "To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the ministry, or the word of reconciliation. So God is, is giving us the full-time job of trying to bring people to God, to reconcile them to God. That's why he said in the next verse. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're ambassadors for Christ. That's not to the pastor. That's not to a deacon. That's not to a Sunday school teacher. That's to all of these people in Corinth that are new creatures in Christ Jesus. If you are saved, if you are in Christ, you are His ambassador. And you and I have an obligation to bring that word of God to try to reconcile people to Jesus Christ, to bring them to God. It's our job. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Not. You don't have to be. All you have to be is a witness. And most people are not that. And it, it, it goes against human nature to do that. I was coming down the elevator out of a hotel the other day at a meeting I was preaching at. And there's a guy on there, he, was, he, he worked, he, he did work on, in the hotel. And uh, I was busy, I had to be off to my meeting, I was dressed, I had to get out of there. And when that, when that bell rung on that door and it opened and we started to go out, that guy said, have a, have a nice day. And the Lord says, why is he talking to you and you're not talking to him? And I stopped. And I started talking to him about Jesus because the Lord smote my heart. It's not—it's not that we put on our witness hat. That's what we're supposed to be all the time. And when we don't do that, then we—we we fail in one part of the Christian life. Get John fifteen, would you? John fifteen. So we first we just witness by commandment. Why are we to be witnesses? Well, because it's commanded. It's what He told us to do. Get John fifteen and get. Acts 1, and then I think you can do it, First John 5, real quick. John 15, Acts 1, 1, John 5. And I guess to be a witness, that means that, that I've got to get out and about. <laughs> there is a danger of just staying home. You're not going to be a very... <laughs> There's not too many people to witness at the house. Maybe a few, I don't know. But we've got to get out there where they are to be able to talk to them. John 15, the Bible says in verse number 26, But when the Comforter has come, we know that's the Holy Ghost, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye also shall bear witness... So in other words, when the Holy Ghost comes, He bears witness through your life. That's one of the reasons that the Holy Ghost is in us, so that He can speak through us. That's what Acts 1 says. You turn there. He says in Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses unto me. Everywhere. doesn't matter where it is. Everywhere. So one of the reasons we have the Holy Ghost is to be a witness He's not just there for our eternal security, which is one of the reasons he's there, but he's also there to be a witness. And he's wanting to get out. He's, But, you know, if we don't have a proper relationship with the Spirit of God, we won't be a witness. And I really think, I really think our failure, and I think we are, I I think we need improvement in our church in this area. I think our failure to be a witness is also our failure to be Spirit-filled. I really think that's where it comes from. Because we're not filled with the Spirit of God. And look, you can live a Christian life without being Spirit-filled. You can go to church without being Spirit-filled. You can read your Bible without being Spirit-filled. You can even pray but not pray in the Spirit. You can do all the things you're supposed to do but not yield yourself to the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God is in control of you, He wants to talk through you. He wants to be a witness. 1 John chapter 5, He tells us that. We were here not too many moons ago. You say, well, I just don't know how to do it. Well, just let the one that's inside of you get out. Because this is what he says. First John chapter five. He talks about verse number eight. There are three that bear witness. All this passage about witness, bearing witness. Verse six, verse seven, verse eight. There are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood, these three agree in one. Verse 9, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he had testified of his Son. Watch verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the what? The witness in himself. Look, we're not talking about your witness. We're talking about the witness of God. We're wanting people to get the witness of God. And that's why He's put the Holy Ghost in you because inside of you is the witness of God. Inside of you is the the person of the Godhead that wants to talk to people through you and through me. And so we need to witness by commandment. We need to have that surrender to the Spirit of God to allow us to be a witness. Now, the second thing I would say. You need to... We, can, we witness by commandment. We witness through publishing. Publishing. That's a verse in the Bible. Mark chapter 13, verse 10. The Bible says the gospel first of all must be published among all nations. You know what the word published means? We, we think of publish as in books, as in literature. And rightly so. If you looked up a modern definition of the word publish, it means prepared for public readership. God says His gospel needs to be published. It needs to be prepared for public readership. People need to be reading His witness, reading His gospel, reading His truth, reading His word. They need to read it. Uh, That's where the word published comes from, the first part, public. It's making something public in the community. And you can do that in a variety of ways. You can do that with personal conversation. But you can do that in other ways. That's why we're going tomorrow to hold signs. You said, "Is that a, a weird way to witness?" I think it's a great way to witness because you know what? I drove by uh, on the interstate the other day, and up on the bullboard it says, "Do signs work?" And of course, it says, "You know, you're reading it shows that it works." Guys, we we want people to read. What God said. We want them, we want it to be published. We can publish it by holding a sign. You say, what good does that do? Guys, I don't know how much good that does. That's not the point. The point is to be obedient to God and be a witness. To be a witness. We're, we're not asking you to come back and, and, and show how many people on your keychain, you know, that, that that you led to Christ. We want you to witness. God does the saving. We do the witnessing. But He's not going to do the saving if we don't do the witnessing. So we need to... We can publish through a sign. We can publish through giving a track. That's why we have a track back out. That's publishing. That's putting something in somebody's hand so they'll look at it and read it. That's publishing the gospel. You can stick a sticker on your car. Though don't do that if you break the law like me. Sorry, Brother Gary. you got an honest preacher at least anyway. You can stick a sign in your yard. You can wear a t-shirt that says Jesus saves on it or... I've got a jacket that's got red and white about, you know, Christ Jesus died to save sinners like you and me from hell. When I go through the airport with that jacket, you will be shocked how many people come up to me and grab me and stop me. Reading that. Just reading it. Some of them are mad. Some of them are thumbs up. But that's just another way to publish the gospel. You can put a gospel track in your bills and send it back. Nobody really mails their checks anymore, but anyway... You can publish the gospel. Probably, I've said it before, maybe the only good thing that you can do on the internet with social media, type Bible verses on there. If you're going to be on there, we don't care about your hobby horse. Type a Bible verse. Say something God said. Whether it's in a chat room or an Instagram post or whatever it is, I don't even know what it is. Put it on there. Publish it. And you don't need, look, you don't even have to be creative. Get a verse and put a nice font and stick it on there. They're sticking everything else on there. You can publish the gospel and be a witness in a million different ways, but we don't do it. I'm not talking about getting in chat rooms and arguing with people. Just post the verses. I, I got real upset one time. I, was, I, was, uh, I saw something on YouTube that made me mad. At, some guy put something up there that said, Lester Roloff went to hell. And boy, that just got all over me. And they said that he wasn't really saved because he preached repentance. <clears throat> and they said, so he, he's not saved. Lester Roloff is in hell. That's what this guy was saying. I was so mad. I've never posted YouTube stuff, but I did that day. And this is what I posted. I posted every verse in the New Testament that had the word repent in it. That's all I did. I didn't say anything. I said, Jesus said it, and I quoted a verse put the reference. Paul said, I quoted a verse. I didn't even say anything. I didn't attack the guy. I didn't. Con- I just put all the verses in the Bible about repentance. Boy, people started feeding back, you know. One guy said, well, I think maybe the guy response said, well, I didn't mean like the, like those verses. <laughs> Publish. You can be a witness a lot of different ways. Here's another way to be a witness. Uh, you can witness by your personal testimony. You, you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't even have to have... You don't even have to know a lot of doctrine." The Lord Jesus Christ sent that woman at the well to be a witness. He, he, sent, he sent devil-possessed people that he just cast devils out of to go be witnesses. And all they could do was say what happened to them. Now, if you're saved, you had to be there. If, you, if you're really saved, you know what happened. If you don't know what happened, you need to get saved. If somebody else told you what happened, that's not salvation. You had to be there. You had to be a participant. So if you've been saved, you've got a testimony. You say, well, my testimony is not very exciting. I didn't get saved out of drugs or I didn't get. Hey, man, any testimony of Jesus saving a sinner is a good testimony. Yeah. Amen. Tell them what Jesus did for you. That's Acts 22 and 26. All Paul did, you know, Paul is this great theologian. Paul's writing all these books in the New Testament with these big long words, you know. That's where we get concupiscence and lasciviousness and all those big long words and imputation. That's Paul. But when Paul is standing before the most powerful men in the world, you know what he does? He just gives his testimony. He does He He reasons with them and says, everybody knows my manner of life. And he starts talking to them about his life and how God saved him and changed his life. That's all he tells them. He tells what Jesus did for him, how he met Jesus. Can you not do that? You don't have to be a good speaker to do that. You can give your personal testimony. You'd be surprised how many Christians are intimidated to give their personal testimony. If I were to ask you to give your testimony right now in front of everybody, it shouldn't be a big deal. You say, well, I'd be, I'd be afraid. You'd be ashamed to tell somebody that you're saved? I don't. We're not saying we'd put you on trial. We'd just give you testimony. But I get, I, get, I get scared about people that can't give me their testimony. Or you ask them, and this is what I do. Every time somebody starts to join church, I ask, I ask them for testimony. I ask them how they got saved. And if they start weeble wobbling and tell me when they, went, when they went to church, and you understand what I'm saying? I get nervous about somebody's salvation if they can't tell me how they got saved. Just tell me how you got saved. Tell me where you were. Tell me what happened. Simple. You can tell lost people that. You know why? Because I bet a lot of lost people have never heard anybody tell them, Jesus changed my life. He saved me. We need to be more of that commercial to other people. You can be a witness just by giving your testimony. You don't even have to give a word of Scripture. You can just give your testimony. If you don't even know any Scripture, you get. I bet that devil-possessed man that the the, the the devils went out of him, I bet he didn't have too many Scriptures memorized. But he knew what to go tell them. The devil has left me. And Jesus has accepted me. That'll work. At least get them to another place. And all witnessing is is trying to bring people along to where they continue to get the truth God's trying to get to them. Well, then you can witness by your attitude. In the book of Jude, and I'm not going to go there because we'll preach there soon enough. In Jude... Verse twenty-two and twenty-three, he gives two attitudes Christians can have towards lost people. He says, "And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire." That is two separate attitudes. Do you know that you can be a witness to people by your compassion? Just your compassion, your heart matter of fact, you probably will win somebody over to Jesus a lot quicker with your heart than you will preaching to them. Because most people don't think anybody cares about them. Most lost people think that church people or saved people just look down at their nose at them and look at them as hell-bound sinners and that's it. And that's not how we are supposed to look at hell-bound sinners. They are hell-bound sinners, but we're supposed to have compassion over them. And people don't care what you know until they know you care. That's true. We, and if you can't do anything but have the attitude of compassion to somebody, you can be a witness to them in their life. If for nothing else, lead them to the place where you can get them further along to the truth just because you've loved them and you've showed interest in their, in their soul. And in their life, um, and I think sometimes you know we pick and choose the people we put, com- we show compassion toward. And you know, he said in Psalm one twenty six, he said, "He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his seeds with him." And so I think we ask, we need to ask God to help our hearts, help us to have compassion for people. And listen, the reason that we can't knock on doors and the reason that we can't pass tracks and the reason that we don't want to hold signs and the reason that we don't want to interrupt our day and the reason that every time the pastor has some type of a a witnessing opportunity that we don't get involved, really when you boil it down is we don't care. We don't care. And what I'm saying is to be a witness... We need to have the attitude that we do care. Yeah. And we can't just care about people that we don't see halfway around the world. We've got to care about people that drive down 72 right. and that live on Oak Grove Road. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's never a good time to witness. There's never a good time to knock doors. There's never a good time to have a Campaign. But if we're going to obey the Lord, then we need to have compassion. And he says, others save with fear. We need to put the fear of God in some people. So some people, you're not just supposed to be lovey-dovey to them. You can put your arm around and say, you know what? You're going to go to hell if you don't get saved. Aren't you afraid to die? So... Witnessing to people, I think we probably need to spend some time in two chapters in the Bible. And that would be John 3 and John 4. That's how Jesus witnessed. One was to a man and one was to a woman. In John 3, the man came to him. In John 4, he went to the woman. Watch this. There are two different ways to witness to people when you approach them or if they approach you. How did, in John 3, the man approached him. How did God how did Jesus deal with Nicodemus? Confrontationally. He dealt with him very scripturally, except a man be born again. I mean, Jesus went straight to the point and started preaching to him. If you don't get born again, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. I mean, he, he started throwing so much scripture so much truth, it blew Nicodemus' mind. But remember, Nicodemus came to him, he approached him, so Jesus confrontationally came back with the truths of the Bible. John chapter 4, that's not so. Jesus went after that woman. He went looking for that woman. He went to that woman at the well and he approached her. Now, how do you he approach her? Did he walk up to the well and said, "Hey woman, if you don't uh, believe if you don't believe on me, you're going to go to hell." He didn't do that. He didn't say what he said to Nicodemus, except you get born again you will not enter the kingdom of God. he didn't say any of that. He approached her. What did he do? Conversation, not confrontation, but conversation. He started talking to her. Woman, could you give me something to drink? That's not why he's at that well. And she says, yeah, I can get you something to drink, but you Jews aren't supposed to have any dealings with us. And there's a little door. He says, I'll tell you what, lady. He said, you know, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, you'd ask me for a drink. He's not preaching to her yet. He didn't tell her she's a dirty, rotten sinner going to hell yet. He all he did was talk to her. We live in a generation, I think we're all guilty. We just, we don't, we don't have very good conversations with people. We can't just talk to them about the well, about water. And the conversation went all over the place. You know how that woman started asking questions, you know. And she was asking questions that wasn't the point, and Jesus just kept talking to her. Until finally we got To the point of salvation. That's where he gets with her. And to the point of her sin. But he didn't approach her and say, Yeah, I know you got all them men. That's not the way he approached her. He just talked to her first. I think, you know what? Maybe we could be better witnesses to sinners if we just talked to them. Just talk to them and see where the conversation went. Talk to them about their job. Talk to them about their family. Talk to them about whatever. Except politics. Don't, don't talk about that. So you can, we, we should witness by commandment, just whether you feel like it or not. Witness through publishing, all different ways. Witness by your personal testimony. Witness by your attitude of compassion or just having a conversation with somebody. And then you can witness by the Scripture that is opening the Bible and taking somebody to a verse of Scripture and letting them look at the Bible. And that's the great thing. We all want to go there. But I'm telling you what, some people aren't ready for you to open the Bible to them. I'm just telling you. I'm not saying it's a sin to do it. I'm just saying you might get farther in, we might get farther in our witness if we talk to them first. Now I know when we go door to door, we got our swords and we. are I understand that, but that's not the way our daily life has to be all the time. But you, our ultimate goal, we do we do want to read people the Bible, and so how do I do that? I'll give you three approaches. And I got to go back to Master Club. First of all, you can do the Romans Road approach. Okay, Romans three, Romans five, Romans six. Romans. you ought to have all you ought to have all of this memorized already if you've been saved for like. A year. <laughs> you ought to have Romans chapter three. You ought to have that down. Amen. All sin come short of the glory of God. I mean, I was just a little pup, Amen. And they were drilling that in us, you know. If you guys don't know the Romans Road, you know you need you need to go r- learn the Romans Road. Come on, right. come on. Yeah. How are you gonna tell somebody to be safe? If you don't know the Romans Road. That's the easiest way to tell somebody to be safe. Right. As it's written, there's none righteous, no not right run. There's none good. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. But get to God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God committed His love toward us and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then go to Romans chapter 10. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart, God is raised from the dead. Thou shalt be saved with a heart, man believes, mouth confession. You ought to know that just as well as you know what your address is. Because <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. And if you don't, just stop and write it in your Bible. Until you get it down. It's not hard. So there's the Romans Road approach. And then there's the righteousness approach. And that's what I did Sunday morning. You can show somebody that without the righteousness of God, you cannot go to heaven. You can't go to heaven with your righteousness. You can only go to heaven with God's righteousness. And so you can show them the verses in Romans chapter 3 about about how righteousness is only by faith of Jesus Christ and and nobody is righteous, you can do that with them. And then you can take them on over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He's made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You can talk to people about righteousness because here's the problem. Everybody thinks they're good enough to go to heaven. They think they've done enough to go to heaven. And they don't think they've done enough to go to hell. I've never killed anybody. And I'm not a bad person, but the truth is they are. And, and it doesn't matter how good they are. They're not as good as God. And you've got to be as good as God to go to heaven. How about that? You have to have God's own righteousness to go to heaven. I'm telling you, sinners don't know that. And we can't earn it, we can't work for it, we can't do it, but we can receive it. It's the gift of righteousness through one man, Jesus Christ. And then the last way to approach them with with the Scripture is the schoolmaster approach. I really think we need to start reading people the Ten Commandments and know how to do that. Galatians chapter 3 says the law is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. So if you want to bring somebody to Christ, probably one of the best ways to do it is through the law. So you go to Exodus chapter twenty. Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Is there anything in your life that's more important than God? Do you love anything more than you love God? I'm, I'm talking about you talking to a sinner that way. Yeah. If you've not, you know, the commandments say, I have no other gods before me. You say, well, I don't have any, it's not Buddha or Islam. No, but the Bible says covetousness is idolatry. Right. It's idolatry. Just start going through those commandments. You get... I, I, I tell you what, I've, I've watched the lights go off in just reading the Ten Commandments. I love to get down to thou shalt not kill. I've never killed anybody. And so then you go to what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. And you go to what Jesus said in the book of uh, 1 John. Or what, what the Apostle said in 1 John. But if you hate somebody in your heart, you're a murderer. You know everybody's hate somebody. They just lie to themselves and say, I don't hate anybody. Everybody's hated. Every sinner's hated somebody. They're a murderer. And then read, thou shalt not commit adultery and watch them squirm. And even if they, they don't want to answer you, you say, well, you know, Jesus said if you look on a woman to lust after you've committed adultery with her already in your heart. You ever lusted? Yeah. Well, you're an adulterer. You'd be surprised telling somebody that what, what it does to their heart. I'm telling you, you've got to get somebody lost before they even want to get saved. You're an adulterer. You're a murderer. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. A false witness speaketh lies. So have you lied? Have you told a lie? Yeah. You ask people if they've kept the Ten Commandments. Ask them that. I bet you most of them will say, most of them. And they don't even know what they are. Walk them through them. And watch them become guilty before God. You always honored your father and mother all the days of your life? You always kept a day for God and kept it holy? Have you done that? You say, that's not for the saved people. They're not saved people. Put the Ten Commandments on lost people. Have you done all this? No. Well, you're guilty. And all liars will have their part in the lake which burned... Get them guilty. And then they'll say, well, have you done all that? Oh, and yeah. But you know what? The Bible says here in Galatians 3, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. And the Bible says that we're all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And that curse of the law is removed by the faith that I put in, in, in the Savior. Do you want that way out? What must I do to be saved? That's what you want them to say. I'm guilty. What must I do to be saved? Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Oh, we need to have all these different ways. Just witness. If you can't do that, if you don't want to do that, go get some tracks and stick them in your pocket. Because this is what I found out. If you don't have tracks on you, you don't give them out. If we don't have them on us, you're not going to give them out. None of us will. So we've got to take tracks. We've got to shove them in our pockets, stick them in our cars. When you go through the drive-thru, hands, amen. At every opportunity, whether it's holding a sign or whatever it is, we need to be a witness. And if we don't, if we're not witnesses, we're sinning against the Lord. God, help us to be a witness.